Thank you for being here. Open your Bibles. Let's turn to the Word of the Lord. Psalms chapter 55. I'd really like to read the whole chapter, but you're too, you, you would get tired before I got to my point, so I'm just going to read my point, and then I'm going to let you sit down. All right? Psalms chapter 55 and verse number 23. The psalmist said, But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. Now that's not my preaching point. That's just what I had to read to get to what I want to preach. What I want you to focus on are those last few words. But... I will trust in thee. Say it with me. But I will trust in thee. Say it one more time. But I will trust in thee. But I will trust in thee. I want to talk to you for a little while about a resolution for a sore heart. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. If you have ever felt like giving up, I come to preach to you this morning. If you haven't felt like giving up, but at least you felt like running away, I preach to you this morning. If you haven't felt like giving up or running away, but you were mad at everybody around you, I come to preach to you today. I come to the hard-pressed to speak a sweet message, one that I believe can help all of us if we will open our hearts and hear. Hard-pressed by circumstances, Sometimes they are of our own making. That's what makes life even harder. It's tough enough when you have to deal with life itself, but when you add in our own mistakes, that makes the burden even heavier. And you try to outlive some of your mistakes. Anybody ever tried to outlive your mistakes? Anybody here prayed for a crop failure? over things that you sowed that you hope somehow God and His omnipotence and His omniscience would just send the locusts and let them devour that crop, not this one. Circumstances sometimes can be overwhelming and they certainly can drive us to our knees if not to distraction. But beyond that, there are the things of our own making. When life catches up with you and when your mistakes find a way of resurfacing in life, somehow that becomes too bitter to bear. When the heart is sick, anybody ever been sick in your heart? There's no way to really describe it. There is no way to be able to tell the doctor what it is because It's beyond words, but heart sick is a very troubling place to be. 
When you're battered in your spirit, when you just feel like you have been beaten down to a nub and there's not much left, anybody ever feel like that? That life has just whipped on you long enough and slapped you around long enough that you're just, uh, you're just a sheet of flying in the wind. You're at the whim of circumstances. How, <clears throat> how tiring it is for a person to have to live through that. Uh, and when, you, <clears throat> when, when your heart is not only sick, but it's broken. I come to preach to somebody today that's wrestling and dealing with a broken heart. When you get sick of it all, anybody ever get sick of it all? You just get fed up, up to here. You've had all that you can take. And you've done all that you know to do. The value of a word in a time like that is beyond its weight in gold. The value of any word and the power it has over our life and our hearts depends largely upon two things. The man who is speaking that word and the circumstances out of which they are uttered. If I'm in trouble and I need help, I don't need somebody advising me that's never been through trouble. If I've got problems with my kids, I don't need somebody that's never had kids to tell me how to deal with my kids. I want to talk to somebody that's been down that rocky road. I want to talk to somebody that's sat in that waiting room. I want to talk to somebody that's been in that counseling chamber. Because that man or that woman could do more to help me than anybody that I know of. Because they've been there and they've experienced those feelings. I want somebody who's been through the fire if they're going to tell me how to stand adversity. I don't need somebody that was born with a silver spoon in their mouth and everything they've done's worked out. They fall in mud and come out looking like a prince. I need to talk to somebody that when they fall in the mud, when they get up, they look worse than they did when they fell in. Not better. You ever been around people, it didn't matter what they touched, it turned to gold? Or what I touch you usually turns to brass, or copper, pewter, anything but gold. I don't need somebody that's got that Midas touch. I don't want to talk to them, really. I mean, I, that may be poor wisdom, but I, I don't want somebody that's never, never had to, to dirty their hands and they've never had to get down in the trench and never had to really wrestle things out in life. I don't need them telling me what I need to do to overcome my problems. I want that guy that's come out of the trench and he's got black eyes and he's got a bloody nose and his shirt's torn, but he come out victorious. That's the person I want to talk to. I don't want somebody to just tell me something they read out of a comic book. Superman stories. Spider-Man stories. I want somebody that's actually had to go down and fight a giant. 
If I'm going to talk to somebody about fighting the battles of life, I want to talk to somebody like David who's had to deal with a lion and a bear and a giant and a lot of other problems in his life. That's the kind of man that I want to talk to. I'm not looking for the man who laid his head on silk pillows last night and got up and his breakfast was cooked and it was perfect and his eggs were just like... I want to talk to the guy that got up and his toast was burnt and his eggs were burnt or he didn't have any eggs to eat and there was no milk in the milk jug. That's the kind of... I want to know how you got through that. So don't come to me and tell me about how I ought to do things if you've not been there yourself. But what I want to tell you this morning is the psalm that I read to you is from a man who's been there, done that, experienced that, and yet in spite of it all, when he comes to the end of it, what he had to say in the end was more important than anything that had happened to him up to that point in time. I, I don't even, I, that's not even in my notes, but I need to stop here and tell somebody right now. Your story is not over with yet. And you're judging your life by a little segment of time or some moment of time in which you are now living and things are not right and things are not the way you want it to be. I want to tell you there's a better way to live than that. Instead of living for the moment, why don't you start living for God and that living for eternity? When you live for God, you know that whatever the moment is, it's going to pass. But God's going to remain ever true. And so we want to listen. We enter into the text that we read from this morning to consider the circumstances of the writer. Who is this man who says, but I will trust in the Lord? Who, who is this man who, after reading the entirety of the psalm, and you listen to everything that has gone on and is going on, he can come to the end of it all with this resolution, with this determination, with this decision of mine that I will trust in the Lord. Is, is he a man who is happy? Is he a man who has uh, got everything going his way? Is he a man where everything is working out the way he had planned? The answer you know already is no. The writer is David. And the time of the writing of this is when Absalom, his son, has rebelled against him and is leading an insurrection and the, division, the kingdom is divided. Absalom in his beauty had been sitting at the gate and in his cunning little crafty way he had been luring Israel to his side and telling them all the things that they wanted to hear and turning their hearts against David. And now it had risen to a crescendo. It was at the breaking point. There was a mob in the street and the hawks and the vultures were gathering on the horizon and it was the end of David's rule. Everything that David had done in his life, everything that he had worked toward, 
everything that he had built up, all the gold, all the silver, all the things that he had brought into Jerusalem for the building of the temple, all of it was there, all of his songs, all of his family. And now because of the rebellion of his son Absalom, his son Absalom, he is being driven from the throne and he has to leave all of that stuff behind him. And so when you enter into the beginning of Psalm 55, you enter into the circumstances of a man who is on the run, a man who is fleeing for his life. And so it's understandable that when you begin to read these words that you hear coming out of them this deep anguish of the most bitter kind. His emotions flow as you read. And and I just want to, for the sake of clarity, read a few of them. But listen to what he said in verse number 1. He said, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Oh, have you ever been to a place in your life where the burden was so heavy that all you could do was just make noise? You didn't even make sense. You just made noise. People look at you and say, what's wrong with you? You can't tell them what's wrong with you because the only thing that can come out of that is just anguish. The emotions of David were utterly at their edge. He was abandoned. He had been abused. He felt fear. He was longing to escape. And not only was there anguish, but if you read on, there was anger that began to flare up in his heart. And he became very bitter toward the circumstances, the troubles that were happening to him, and the treachery of the people that were around him. That anger just boils out of David. Because of all that was happening, he was tired of fighting for his throne. And he longed for a day when he could go back to being just a shepherd boy. David was praying. David was searching. David was grappling. He was wrestling with a lot of things. If you read the entirety of that psalm, you will first find out that David was a man who was unanswered in many of his prayers. He had been calling on God to somehow intervene and stop all of this from happening, but God wasn't doing anything. He was a man who had called upon God, and his first statement was, God, hide not thyself from me. Don't hide from me, God. I need you now more than I have ever needed you before, but it didn't seem that God heard a word that he said. Do you know how to respond to God when he doesn't answer your prayer? Do you know how to keep living when God does not come on the scene and God does not resolve your bitterness? It's easy to trust God when all of your prayers are being answered. But when you pray and the very face of God is hidden from you, it takes more than just knowledge to know how to keep praying. It takes trust. 
Somebody's got to trust somebody. It's difficult to trust God when he is not answering. To continue trusting when we have prayed and the prayers go unanswered is one of the hardest things in life that you will ever find to do. But David refused to regard God's silence as indifference. And that is is made clear to me by his last statement. Just because God is not answering me doesn't mean God doesn't have an answer. I have to learn how to trust him. He was a man of unanswered prayer. He was a man who was afraid. This is so ironic that a giant killer, a Goliath killer, a lion killer, a bear killer is now shaking and trembling. How can it be that a strong man is weakened by fear and by those things that he cannot understand? But it is possible. It is possible for the strongest among us to be afraid. And the terrors that had fallen on him and the fearfulness and trembling, the giant killer was now crying out for God The strongest and the bravest among us have fainting spells. Amen. But when it came to his response to this fear, he said, but I, but I will trust the Lord. Amen. But I will trust the Lord. He was a man that, was unanswered in his prayer. He was a man who was afraid. He was a man who was trapped by circumstances. He said, oh, that I had wings like a dove that I could fly away and be at rest. How many of us have longed for those wings? (laughs) We don't care if it's southwest or continental or united, just wings that can take us away from here. Get us out of here. That's all he wanted. He he felt hemmed in. Part of it was his fault. He had coddled Absalom. He had helped create what Absalom had become in many ways by his way of treating him. But now he was heart sick and weary. And it had grown intolerable. And he cried, oh, that I had wings. Is that... Is it possible that I can talk to somebody here this morning that in your mind this week you just thought, man, if I could just get away. If I could just get away. But David realized that even getting away, the wings of a dove could not really bring him rest. The wings of a dove, a vacation is not the answer. What David needed was something that he could have in the midst of his circumstance that was greater than his circumstance. What he needed was right here in the midst of all of these emotions and all of these feelings and all of this anger and all of this animosity. I I, I need something right now that can give me peace right where I'm at. 
right in the midst of all of this chaos, I, amid the burden of life and amid the care of what all is wrong in my life, I need to find an answer in the middle of my problems that can strengthen me and that can keep me. And what he found was that it was better to trust in the Lord than to do anything else that he could do. So he's a man who prayers are not answered and he's afraid and he's hemmed in. But it doesn't end there. If you read the psalm, he was a man who had been deceived. He had been let down. He had been betrayed. Someone he had trusted had proven false. It had broken his heart. Ahithophel was the man. He had been his accomplice going to the house of God. They had come to church together and worshipped together. He had shared his heart with Ahithophel. He had shared the burden of the kingdom with this man. And Ahithophel had been his trusted aide, had been his best friend, has been his guide for many steps of his life. And now that man had turned on him and had gone to Absalom's side. Anybody ever feel like you've been done wrong by anybody? A man of his equal and his guide, one that he had trusted in had turned on him. A man whose friendship had never been doubted and on whose loyalty he had been willing to stake his life, but he had played the traitor. What a revelation. Let down by his closest advisors. How many have lost their faith in God when they have lost faith in man? Some of you have lost faith in God because somebody let you down. Somebody hurt you. Somebody's disappointed you. Somebody didn't measure up to some real or unreal expectation that you had in your life. Maybe it was a preacher. That's the one that usually gets blamed. Yeah, I don't know what preachers are supposed to be. Superman, magic wand in their office. Capes come out of the closet, beat on their chest, and tell everybody it's, it's, I've got the answer. I don't know what preacher is supposed to be, but so many times we have this concept in our man that the preacher let me down. I wonder how many of you can keep faith in God even when a preacher lets you down. You ought to. You ought to. But maybe it's not a preacher. Maybe it's a family member. Somebody that you trusted. Somebody that you depended on. They've turned away from you. they turned their back on you. And now you don't trust God because you don't trust a man. You don't trust God because somebody did you wrong. David said, you know what? I refuse to become that kind of man. I refuse to allow my life to be torn down and my faith to be reduced to humanity's level. David said amid the ruins of that friendship, deserted by the one that he had clung to as a brother, he said, I will trust the Lord. It's such a simple answer, and yet it was David's way out of that dilemma. It was the resolution 
that changed all of the bad that had happened in his life and was happening at that moment. It was the determination in his mind and his heart that I'm going to cling to God no matter what happens. No matter how many people fail me, no matter how many people let me down, no matter how many people lie on me, no matter how many people turn against me, I refuse to turn on God because somebody has turned on me. I am going to keep my trust in God. I am going to keep leaning on Him. I'm going to keep depending on Him. I'm going to keep living for Him. I'm going to keep worshiping Him. I'm going to keep serving Him. I'm going to keep going in life because He is my hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to Him right now and praise Him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't lose faith in God just because somebody fails you. God will never fail you. God will never fail you. You can have faith in Him because God's righteousness can be counted on to make sure that the right thing is done in the end. Do you hear me? Listen to what I'm telling you. You can trust in Him because you can count on the righteousness to, of God to right all of the wrongs that have been done in this life or in your life or in anybody else's life. He is going to do what is right. He is going to do the right thing. History tells me that. And the future tells me that God is going to continue to do that. Listen to me. He would have to abdicate his throne this morning as God if he let the righteous be forsaken and his seed beg bread. You can stand on the righteousness of God and know that it is going to be all right. Amen. Don't let the fact that nothing is sacred to some people soil your spirit and make you like them. Amen. Men will let you down but God will pick you up. Amen. And so when David got to the end of his psalm, when he got all of it out of him, he, he, just, he just poured it all out. When he got it all out, he said, Oh, but I have to tell you this. But I will trust in thee. But I will trust in thee. I'm not going to trust my feelings because my feelings will fail me. I'm not going to trust my emotions because my emotions are fickle. I'm not going to even trust my friends because my friends are human. I'm going to give them the liberty of being human. You know, do you have any room in your life for people to make mistakes and still love them? 
Do you have any room in your life even for a preacher that makes a mistake? I'm not talking about a moral mistake. I'm just talking about being human and you can still love him. I will not trust in institutions as good as this church is. It's just a church in some ways. It's just an institution. My trust is not in the institution. My trust is in the God that's behind this institution. Amen. And so David said, I have found a solution. I have found an answer. I know where I'm going to put my weight. I know where I'm going to put my desire. I know where I'm going to put my feelings. I know where I'm going to put my heart. And that's in the hands of God. And know that no matter what happens, God is going to turn this thing around. And God's going to bring me back to the place where I belong. I want you to stand with me right now. I don't know why God gave me this. I, I, I had planned all week to pr- preach something different until yesterday afternoon after our sectional conference. The Lord began to turn my heart toward this 55th Psalm. And so I speak for the sake of somebody, maybe only one person here today, but somebody that's heartbroken, somebody who has been let down, somebody who has been betrayed, somebody who has been lied on, somebody who has been hurt so deeply that words cannot even, they can't even describe the way you feel. And your mind, you're trying to get your bearings. It's like vertigo, spiritual vertigo. You you can't hardly tell what's up. Which way to turn? I want to give you something that will help balance all of that out. And it's so simple that most of us will stumble over it and forget it. But in truth, it's the house that will not be shaken. That is my trust and my confidence in God. People will let you down. Churches will let you down. Institutions will fail you. But God will never, 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 never fail you. I I don't know. I'm not going to belabor the point. But I feel like there's somebody here today that in your mind you are thinking that if I could just go to another place, if I could just get out of here and go somewhere else it would be better and the truth is taking the wings of the dove is not going to be the answer to your problems but I can tell you what will if you'll learn how to trust God right where you are that trust will sustain you that trust will keep you that trust will hold you that trust will not allow you to fall. Close your eyes right now. Tis so 